The following is still a pandemic recording presented to you in Around Sound. It was recorded with whatever was lying around. Hey, this is Lady Don't Take No, your weekly roundup of all of the real and none of the fake. I'm your host, Alicia Garza. This show is pro-Black, pro-queer, proudly feminist, and pro-do-what-you-like. Every week, you're going to get the best of what goes on in my head, what we loving on, and what we hating on, what we might be, and what we ain't going to do. Politics, pop culture, our inability to reckon with white nationalism on full display, we cover it all. We are recording from Oakland, California, the center of the known universe, where we are dealing with Rona and Reconstruction. It's a challenging time, a changing time. It's a time of transformation. It's all the things all the time nowadays, but we're going to help you understand the dynamics of this time every single week. So be sure to tune in, tell a friend, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We do it for the culture, so the pod is free 99, because we know that with a country in chaos, the least we could do is keep you from putting your money anywhere else than where it's needed. Wherever you took my head, baby, send it home. Send it no, no. I really think I lost my head, because it's females on the whole Our guest this week is a multiple award-winning journalist and the host of one of my favorite daily shows, Roland Martin Unfiltered, the first daily online show in history focused on news and analysis of politics, entertainment, sports, and culture from an explicitly African-American perspective. He's the author of three books, countless articles, and his list of awards and accomplishments could easily take up our entire show. So I think we just better get into it. Please, please, please welcome this amazing, amazing gentleman who I call my uncle, Roland Martin. Hey, Uncle Ro, how you doing? Hey, Alicia, what's going on? Oh, I'm so happy to have you here. So look, now we know that we're not out of this pandemic. We're not out of the panini. We are not out of the panorama. And in fact, now there's new variants. We got a Delta variant. We think we got a Gamma variant. We go into Lambda variants. We got a lot of variants going on. So I got to ask you, what has your quarantine life been like? And have you developed any unique habits live and direct from Miss Rona? First off, I wish, uh, always glad to be here. Always glad to talk with you. Uh, you do a great job and amazing work uh, that needs to be commended. Uh, if, if people actually had been watching Roland Martin Unfiltered, they would have understood that we were going to be here. We, we have been telling people that America was not going to really open up until, until 2022. I kept telling people that, imploring them to be prepared mentally for that. In fact, uh, I remember last year we had a uh, professor from uh, North Carolina A&T I think it was April or May when he was on, and he made clear that there were going to be variants. He said, this thing is going to mutate. He said, so, people, he said, so even the vaccine that they're developing, he said, uh, you're going to have to have additional vaccines, additional boosters, because as it goes from one person to the other, it is going to create variants. Uh, and so we probably have done more than 100 COVID segments 
uh, having of, of black experts. I mean, I'm talking about emergency room physicians, scientists, anesthesiologists. I mean, you know, ER doctors, you name it. We've had all kinds of different people, National Medical Association. And we've been uh, one of these folks. And, and I've been telling everybody, prepare yourself mentally. Uh, a lot of people kept going. You know, I remember last year they were like, oh, you know, open in the fall. I'm like, no, we're not. And I was telling family members, I was telling my staff, it's not going to happen. I kept saying, y'all, it's not going to happen. When, when they canceled Essence Fest last year, I said, yo, it ain't happening in 2021 mm-hmm. because I knew it was going to take at least two years because people just were not going to be, you know, willing to do what's necessary. And so all the people who were sitting here got to open up. I'm sitting there going, all right, y'all going to screw this whole thing up. And so <laughs> the reason that was important for me, because then that way it allowed for me to mentally put myself in a frame of mind where I wasn't looking forward uh, to, you know, trying to bust out. And I'll be honest with you, I was fine. I, I realized last year that I had been on planes and on the road for 16 consecutive years. Wow. And so it was a trip not having four suitcases open. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, know I, <laughs> I, I would be in between trips. And then, of course, I had my remote TV gear. I would have that case and I would have stuff all over the place. I mean, there were literally four different suitcases. So it was like one from the trip two weeks ago, one from last week, one that I'm going on and all of that. And so I was fine. I was I, I, I was perfectly fine. I wasn't depressed. I wasn't upset. Even though I'm a golf fanatic, I barely played golf last year. Because wow. I was like, yo, I ain't chancing this thing. When I say I'm a golf fanatic, I'm a golf fanatic. I've been playing since my <laughs> freshman year in college in 1987. And I was oh, wow. like, yo, I ain't rogue gonna stay at the crib. I was so I was cool <laughs> sitting still. I was cool reading. I was cool watching TV because I understood how major this thing was. And look, you know, my wife and I are raising nieces. And so but my, my nieces were dealing with depression, couldn't see their classmates. And they were going through all this sort of stuff. Uncle Roro was fine. I was like, I was. <laughs> and as you know, uh, and I got no problem telling you a podcast. Everybody mom was calling me last year about how to do virtual, how to set the cameras up. It's true. So y'all, <laughs> you going to clown me again, I'm, Uncle Roro? I'm going to clown you again. I'm going to clown you again. So y'all, everybody who's listening, understand. So uh, I'm watching Alicia on MSNBC and she... Looked like an owl. She had these two <laughs> white things in her glasses. And I was like, damn it, she got them. That ring light is bouncing off her glasses. The ring light is too low. <laughs> uh, so, y'all, the moment she got off, I sent her a text and I called. I was like, yo, we got to talk about your setup. He and then did. I was, so then I was like, yo, okay, what's your setup? Are you on Wi-Fi? Yes, I'm on Wi-Fi. Nope, you need to be on Ethernet. Where's your router? And so I'm like, run the Ethernet cable across the room. This is the light. This is how high they have to be. We went through the whole deal. But that, but everybody was doing that. Trust me. D- Dougie Fresh went live on Instagram and the audio was awful. I hit Dougie. I was like, yo, oh, tell your no. DJ he doing this wrong. So I, he got his DJ on the phone. I told his DJ, get this. This is what you need to do. That clean audio. <laughs> So, so when people when people saw me going off on the Teddy Riley babyface versus, they didn't realize that was like real because I was doing that with everybody. So people all across the country were calling me about his home studio setup. They were like, "Bro, you've been doing this for years, so this ain't nothing." I was like, "Yeah, you're right." So, so it was it was really interesting. But 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 I'll tell you, I think people learned. I really, if people listened, if they listened. 
they learn so much about themselves, about COVID, about the inequities. That's right. There are people who learn that they do not know how to be by themselves. That's true. They learn that they desperately need people. But they uh, There were people who were married, where marriages ended because they really could not stand each other because they didn't realize that they were filling their time in and around their spouse with other stuff because they really didn't like the person they were with. And so they couldn't handle seeing them 24 hours a day because, and so the silver lining to me out of COVID was if people paid attention and listened, it forced them to have a reckoning with who they really are. And that's why people are not returning to jobs. Because they realized they were stuck in traffic and they were sitting here away all the time away from home. And they realized how much they actually missed of their children and things along those lines. And so all of that, I think, was just an unbelievably crazy year. And we still are dealing with it because we got these idiots who don't know how to sit here and get their asses vaccinated and don't know how to wear a damn mask. Uncle Ro, you are always telling the truth. And I just wanted to know, because you've been in this field for a very long time. Since I was 14 years old. Well, how'd you first get into journalism at 14? And what was your motivation? So in Houston, Houston has a extensive magnet school program. The magnet school programs were created coming out of the civil rights movement, uh, really for the purpose of fostering integration. And uh, Billy Reagan was the architect of it. And he's, he's still living. He's almost 90. He was superintendent of the Houston Independent School District. And so... I was a sports editor. We had, we tried to do a, a newspaper in my elementary school. Uh, so that was like third or fourth grade. And then I had, there was a video project that we did in my junior high where we sort of had to do this sports cast set back in Greek Roman days. And I was actually the host of that. And so when I was picking magnet schools, it came down to really three schools. Um, Sterling High School, where they had an aerodynamics program. Uh, then you had um, a high school for law enforcement, criminal justice, and then Jack Case High School, Magnet School of Communications. So do I become an attorney or do I become a journalist? Wow. And and I chose, I, chose, I chose media. I love reading. I love sports. My dad watched, my God, five, six hours of news a day. Man, mind you, this is pre-CNN. This is like, I mean, dude was like watching. He would watch the, the five, six, 10 o'clock, the rebroadcast. I'm like, dude, uh, this is like way too much news. And the hilarious <laughs> thing about that was it was my senior year. I, I'm, I think I was like two or three weeks from graduation. We were in the car. And so my dad was sort of concerned about what journalists got paid. I remember in the car, driving down I-10, going home, and he goes, son, this is really what you want to do. I was like, dude, are you serious? I said, four years of high school, four wow. years of college. One of your children is going to go into media and you're asking me the question, is this really what I want to do after eight years of living in media? I'm like, yeah, I think that's what I'm probably going to do. Uh, and obviously, obviously it worked out because him and my mama are living in my paid off house in Dallas, uh, living okay. rent free. So, yeah, I think I think he's I think he probably he now realizes that was probably a smart choice. Um, but but that's that's what it was. And so I, I understood and I never forget. And this is what blew me away. This is why people need to learn how to listen to elders. I'll never forget. I, so I, I love sports and I was going to do sports journalism. My dad said no. And I was like, dude, really? This is what he said. And this was my freshman or my sophomore year. And this was way before athletes started taking media jobs. I'm talking about way before. He says, 
I don't want you to go to school, work hard, learn all of these things, and then you lose a job because some ex-athlete decides to go into media. That's what he told me. My senior year, Dan Patrick, who is now the sadistic, pathetic, ignorant lieutenant governor of Texas, that Dan Patrick, Dan was a, he was the lead sports, he was the top sports anchor at a CBS affiliate. He left uh, the station and, and Gifford Nielsen, who was the starting quarterback for the Houston Oilers, retired to become the sports director. Wow. So this was like literally way before this was like in vogue. And I was like, how the hell did my dad know that? I'm like, how in the hell, you know, three years ago, how do you know that? And so that really was a a great uh, thing. And so I chose not to go into sports, still still did media. And I've loved it. So this is the only thing. I'll be 53 in November. This is the only thing that I've done my entire life. People at every city I've been in, people have come to me. They wanted me to run for office. They wanted me to. And I, and I was like, no, I mean, this is I this is what I was destined to do. This is what my calling was. Uh, I've never veered from this. And what I tell people why is that how powerful media is. Media is the second most powerful institution in the world behind the military. Anytime there is a coup anywhere in the world, they get control of the guns first, which is the military, and they always get control of media second. Because when you can control the hearts and minds of people, then you can lead them any way you want. That's why Fox News, Newsmax, and OAN are so dangerous, because they are purposely leading people over a cliff on this whole vaccine stuff. That's why Black-owned media, not black media, Black-owned media, because Black-targeted media is totally different. It's so important because if it wasn't for Frederick, the first news, Black newspaper, Freedom's Journal, this is what they wrote on March 16, 1827. We wish to plead our own cause. Too long have others spoken for us. Mm. That was in the third paragraph of their lead editorial on their front page. And that's how we'd be able to get through. Frederick Douglass of the North Star, Adam Wells Barnett, Robert Abbott, Chicago Defender, AI Scott, AI Scott, Land Daily World, Claude Burnett, Associated Negro Press. Uh, and we can go on and on and on. We had Black-owned media that spoke truth. And people don't realize they were so truthful. During World War II, the federal government threatened to put Black newspaper publishers in prison because they were writing about racism that soldiers were facing fighting overseas for America. They said, you're sowing seeds of discontent. They said, no, we're reporting the truth. So that's the power of media. But again, that power can be abused and misused. And so that's why it's always been important for me how I use my voice. And I don't play with this thing. There are a lot of people who are playing at media. There are a lot of people you see on television. This is just like a play thing. No, no, no. This literally is my life's commitment because I understand how someone could be liberated, freed. And I've experienced where people have stopped me, like people who are now 25 and 30 who said, dude, I had no idea about politics, but I watched you when Obama was running on CNN. I had a young girl who stopped me, her mom stopped me, and she said, my daughter will not let me drop her off at school until your Tom Joyner segment is finished. Wow. And I gave the girl a shout-out on the air on that Monday, and she sent me an email. She said, thanks for the shout-out, but I'm not 12, I'm 11. Uh <laughs> I was like, well, okay then, with your little bad self. But that's what I'm talking about. Like, we can't play with this thing. Absolutely. 
And Uncle Ro, you really do create a platform for Black folks to talk to each other about what it is that's going on in our communities to better understand why those things are happening and what we can do about it. And we appreciate you for that. Is black media just for black people, though, or can non-black people get something from black media? Give me the scoop. Oh, my God. Oh, please. Oh, please. I got a letter from a 70-year-old white gay man who said, I had to send you my Bring the Funk fan club membership because I watch you and he said what you are doing is important. When I had my TV One show, when our show ended, white staffers, Asian staffers, they said, you don't understand. Working on your show every day gave us a window into Black America we had no idea about. I'm having now conversations with friends and family members that I would have never had because of the education gotten from this show. So absolutely, absolutely, that's the value that we bring, which is why it angers me when I see all these black media outlets, even black-owned media outlets, inundating us with hair and beauty and entertainment and real housewives and all that bullshit. And let me be real clear, (laughs) hair is important, makeup is is. important, okay? (laughs) Entertainment, I watch stuff as well, but the problem is when that is the dominant narrative and little information. That's what drives me crazy the most because we're not using the power of the medium to really change and affect lives. What's the most important thing that you have learned as a journalist in your career? I will fall on the side of hardcore truth and anything else. I I established a slogan early in my career, and it really has become my journalistic motto. If you do good, I'll talk about you. If you do bad, I'll talk about you. (laughs) At At the end of the day, I'll talk about you. It's true. (laughs) And that's the thing that people don't, you know, and it's a trip because, look, I got a call the other day from a comedian asking me, was I invited to President Obama's 60th birthday party. I was like, oh, hell no. Hmm. I said, I didn't get invited to the birthday parties when he was in the White House. Now, here's what was interesting. I had a very close relationship with him and his administration during the campaign in their first two or three years. But what was interesting is that they didn't realize that I'm going to be me. Correct. And I'm not going to shade stuff because I want to give cover. And i never forget, I wrote a column, probably this was his first 90 days, I wrote a column blasting the lack of black people in his press office. And I get a phone call. Uh, I just left the Oval Office. I'm not going to say who the person was. I just left the Oval Office and the president is, uh, is, uh, is upset with you. I'm like, why are you mad? Uh-oh. Robert Gibbs came into the Oval Office with, with your column and and he was like, you know, this is wrong. This he like, and, and, and so he said, well, the president said this an, an attack on his press office is an attack on him. This is exactly what I said. Well, go hire some more black people. Ooh. I said, did I not to this person? I said, did I not tell you 
during the campaign, if your White House staff looks as white as your campaign, we were going to have a problem. This person says, yes. I said, so I told you that. I said, and what did y'all do? Y'all mostly wouldn't hire white people. So I said, so why are y'all shocked with what I told y'all? I said, you go tell the president and tell Robert Gibbs, go hire some more damn black people. So it was one of those things where they, they needed me. They really weren't <laughs> like, I, but they were like, ah, but we got to like, cause, cause he don't play. And that's the deal though. Uh, Jesse Jr. Con- he was a congressman. Uh, Jesse, Jesse Jackson Jr. is staff booked by my radio show in Chicago. And he was like, what are we talking about? They were like, oh, you enrolled in the cool. He like, no, no, hell no. He said, I need to know what we're talking about. He said, because yes, me and Roland are friends. We're cool. But he will whoop my ass on the air. <laughs> he said, I, y'all don't get that thing twisted. He said, Roland will whoop my ass live. <laughs> so I need to know what we're talking about. Okay. And that's and that is my thing. I am going to speak truth. It made black folks may not like it. Obama did not like when I was pushing hard for him to name a black woman to the Supreme Court. He chose Mary Garland. And I still think that was one of the top three dumbest things he did as president. And people were like, well, man, I was like, listen, he gone in January. But that woman could be on the Supreme Court for the next 40 to 50 years. And, and that's the thing. And so I think a lot of people, uh, Alicia, to be honest, they want to sit at the cool table. Mm-hmm. They want to, to be on speed dial. And when I think back to when I was in high school, I was a, it was the weirdest thing. This has been my life, straight up. I've always been a part of the, quote, in crowd but I ain't been a part of the in crowd. <laughs> I've always, been, I've always, I mean, and, and I, I, you, you, you've been able to see, experience some of that where I'll say stuff and folks are like, he, they like, he in the, he in this group. Damn. Why his ass got to be so hardcore? Because that's part of the deal. Now, the in crowd don't really want that Negro who's going sweet. And I'm like, and, and, and I'm comfortable not being liked. I got a big family. I got, you, you understand? My, my mama had seven brothers and sisters. There were 42 grandkids. There were 70 plus great grandkids. I think 120 great great. I ain't had no room for friends, Alicia. I had not a lot of family members. So I'm perfectly fine getting the folks' ass. And I'm like, what? So that 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 has been, but that, but that's that's one of those things that again, when you are willing to say it and not be afraid, I mean, that's it. And look, it comes with it, it's it's look, it's it's real. You're not gonna get invited to stuff. You're not going to be included. I ain't got a problem saying it. There are very few commentators, black, white, or whatever, who can hang with me. I ain't got no problem saying it. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go up against anybody. I love this. There's a reason why the networks are not trying to call me. Uh-oh. Because the, here's the problem. The real problem is 
because they are afraid I'm going to speak truth about them too. Mm. Mm. Ooh. And that's, that's the problem. See, I'm just going to get it real quick. Story. High school, no lie. Senior year. <laughs> Alicia, we in the big old class. We're in, the, we're in, the, we're in the, uh, the auditorium and we discussing a class trip. Now we sitting there and I'm like, why in the hell are we having this old bullshit ass conversation about a yeah. class trip? When all these people in here broke as hell. And so they sitting there having this conversation. They throwing out Cancun, Jamaica. I'm, so finally, I just got sick and tired of, of all that. I stood up and said, I said, why in the hell? I said, why in the hell are we having this conversation? Now, mind you, I ran for student government for, for our class. Uh, one of them class offices didn't win because this is why. This is why. <laughs> I stood up and said, why in the hell are we having this conversation? Right now, y'all can't afford your ropes. You can't afford your invitations to your damn graduation. I said, we ain't got no class yearbook because the previous class didn't pay their bill. I said, y'all need to stop tripping. Take your asses to Galveston, Texas, 45 minutes away, because your asses can't afford to go nowhere else. And sat the hell down. Guess where they went for they? Guess where they went for the class trip? Galveston. Uh, not Galveston. Because <laughs> yes. they couldn't afford. So, so it's like, why are we gonna sit here and have this conversation when your broke ass can't afford to go nowhere? See, I'm that dude. I'm that dude who gonna say it. I ain't gonna like. I'm just not. I'm just like I ain't. And that's the problem. And so. Yeah, you know, you sort of get used to being the thorn in the side of folk, but whatever. I mean, the Lord gave me a spirit of I don't care what other folk think, so uh, it worked out fine. Well, for everybody who's listening right now, just understand that this is literally what most of my conversations with Uncle Ro are like. If you ever wanted a, a bird's eye view into our phone calls, this is it. I am back, back, back from an incredible vacation. I mean, technically, I'm still on vacation. But for now, rest assured that your girl is feeling a lot better and ready to rock it for this week's weekly roundup of all the things Lady just ain't gonna do this week. So, number one, pardons for St. Louis couples who pull guns on protesters. Missouri Governor Mike Parson announced pardons this week for 12 people, two of whom were the infamous couple, Patricia and Mark McCloskey, who pointed guns at protesters last summer who were marching to the mayor of St. Louis's house. They both used the black panic defense. I mean, these people were marching to someone else's home and these two fools came out and got involved in some shit that ain't had nothing to do with them know how. And both were fined and charged but neither of them spent a second in jail. They were merely forced to surrender their guns. Well, the governor pardoned them both. Cue my huge eye roll. And why, you ask? Well, obviously, this clown was trying to make a statement with this pardon, giving clemency to someone who wasn't under attack. Oh, did I mention McCloskey is running for the United States Senate? <laughs> Leave it to the party of no plans, no proposals, and no vision to dig their heels into this. 
Listen to me, Missouri, when I say we don't need no Tweedledums in Congress. Please, for the love of God, don't send us any more. I need the show me state to show me, please, that y'all won't give us any more of these people with no plans, no proposals, and no vision to lead in a time of multiple crises. We want more Cory Bushes, not ideologues who show up to fight a threat that was never there in the first place. Anyhow, Missouri girl, you in danger. Speaking of girls in danger, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo still won't resign despite being outed as a serial groper. That's right, Governor Cuomo is facing impeachment charges after more than 10 women detailed multiple incidents of serial groping. These aren't the only allegations against the governor. Besides touching women who ain't asked to be touched, the governor is accused of falsifying records related to COVID spread in nursing homes, using taxpayer dollars to write a memoir no one has read, and some other shit that I'm too lazy to look up right now because it all amounts to the same shit. Well, suffice it to say that Cuomo has met his match in the keep your fucking nasty ass hands to yourself move. And even the president and the speaker of the house join the chorus of people asking him to step down. Now, my prediction, he's going to wait to be impeached. They're going to have to drag his ass out of there kicking and screaming. And why, you ask? You should never underestimate the ego of a man, honey. Trust me on this one. And no, don't ask me to go into details. Oh my God. Okay. Anyways, let's move on. Here's what we want more of this week though. Number one, lady loves mask mandates and proof of vaccination pushes. I know, I know. I'm going to go against the give me liberty or give me death crowd here, but lady is all about these new mask mandates and requiring proof of vaccination. This week, several counties in my state of California announced new mask mandates for all indoor activities. And Similar mandates are being introduced around the country. New York City is really out here showing out and is requiring that anyone wanting to participate in public activities indoors show proof of full vaccination. Look, I hate that it's come to this really, but the truth is you really cannot rely on people to have good sense. I believe in rules that save people from themselves. And these are good examples of some rules that save people from themselves. Oh. You don't want to wear a mask when we have two new variants spreading? Cool, then you can't come inside. Oh, you're not into the vaccine? Cool, well, we're not into the Rona, so please refrain from eating inside public places with lots of people. I mean, this shit isn't a game, but as long as y'all don't play games, we gonna enforce rules that are good for you and good for us. Let's do this shit. Other things Lady loves this week, Cori Bush. Now, as Lady said earlier, I really wish the Show Me State would show me some more Cori Bushes because this sister is on fire. Now, as this politically divided Congress allowed the eviction moratorium to expire because they were going on recess, Cori Bush was like, hold my beer, and led a protest on the steps of the U.S. Capitol for nearly a week, calling on the president to extend the shit because Congress ain't shit. People try to talk about how ineffective her shit was like they always do Black women. But this week, the CDC announced an extension of the moratorium through October, just as infection rates are rising exponentially. While the Missouri governor is demonizing Black Lives Matter and making mediocre white people famous, the great congresswoman who was formerly homeless herself was out here fighting for us. Even those people who ain't trying to 
help us live. So anyways, next thing Lady loves this week is that the Justice Department is probing into the Phoenix Police Department. Now, Attorney General Merrick Garland announced today that the Office of Civil Rights will open an investigation into the Phoenix Police Department for pattern and practice violations, which is a big fancy way of saying the Phoenix Police Department be wiling. The Office of Civil Rights is led by Kristen Clark, a Black woman who comes out of leadership at the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights. And her deputy is none other than Vanita Gupta, who helped with the investigation into pattern and practice violations at the Ferguson Police Department. Lady is looking forward to this, and more so that we have an actual Department of Justice again. Remember that thing? <laughs> Last thing Lady loves this week is vacations. Now, last week I told y'all I was headed out on a much needed vacation and that is exactly what's happening right now. I had a wonderful time with my sisters. I did a little bit of putting myself back together again. Now, all of this to say y'all, I'm back with a renewed commitment to always remembering who the fuck I am. Not because I'm more special than anyone else, but because I've worked really hard on myself y'all and I'm not gonna give that up for nothing. So big moves ahead, my people, and I cannot wait to share them with you as they unfold. But in the meantime, I wanna give a special shout out to my sis, Audie Brown, who asked me this week to consider what was possible when you let go of people who let go of you. I'm using those possibilities to sew my heart back together again. And I'm hoping that in sharing this with you, it might be helpful for you as it has been for me. I've heard from a lot of you over the last few weeks who are going through breakups and separations and heartbreaks. And I just want to say solidarity to y'all and also be gentle with yourselves. I'm sorry that we have to wind up because we have so much more to talk about. But tell the people how they can find you on the socials. Rolling S. Martin on Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, YouTube is youtube.com forward slash Rolling S. Martin. Rolling Martin Unfiltered. It's a hashtag uh, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern every single night, Monday through Friday. Uh, and of course, uh, y'all can, like we own all of TikTok, Snap, uh, Snapchat, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all platforms. Uh, but definitely check the show out. Uh, and but on September 2nd, I'm going to drop a major announcement that's going to blow folks away. And so I've been working on this nonstop for the last 18 months. So we're almost there. But I but I, but I can't wait to drop it. I can't wait to hear about it. Thank you so much, Uncle Roe. I appreciate it, Alicia. Thanks so much. Now that's it for Lady Don't Take No. But I'll be back here every single Friday morning to accompany you where there's a chance you might be commuting again. We appreciate you joining us and let's keep the conversation going. Tell us what's on your mind. Tell us what you like and tell us what you ain't going to take no more of. On Twitter, we're at Lady Take. On Insta, we're at Lady Don't Take No Pod. We're also on Facebook at Lady Don't Take No Podcast by Alicia Garza. We post ways to do something about things you hear on this show all over our social media. So if we got you amped up today, check out the socials to find out how you can take action. 
And let's give a special shout out to Jahari Farrar for making sure that the people get what they need from our socials. We appreciate you. Please subscribe and write us a review and let the people know what you've heard here today. Our producer is Phil Circus. Our incredible theme is Bioterics. This pod is supported by the Black Futures Lab. And me, I'm your host, Alicia Garza. Remember, keep your hands to your fucking self and it's highly likely you won't have no problems. Shout out to the Black women fighting for us while the mediocres make mountains out of molehills. Mask mandates and vaccination checks seem like a necessary evil against a backdrop of people getting their science from YouTube. And I, for one, am all about it. <laughs> That's right, because lady don't take no. What up, folks? Roller Martin here, Roller Martin Unfiltered. Y'all have got to listen, check out, download. Lady don't take no, Alicia Garza. Trust me, it's going to blow you away. She keep it real, she keep it funky, she keeps it black. And I let her use this, she keep it unfiltered. Love y'all.